From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Thursday edition, the U.S. House of Representatives is about to vote on a measure designed to severely limit the president's ability to respond to military and security threats. At a weekly press conference earlier today, Speaker Nancy Pelosi said this. Here we are to protect American lives and values. We are passing today a war powers resolution to limit the president's military actions. We'll discuss that a bit later. We'll also take a deeper dive into the executive branch's constitutional and operational authority over the military with Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. And later, does the Bible speak to the issue of war? David Clawson will join me for that conversation. But first, the Congressional Executive Commission on China has released a shocking 323-page report outlining China's consistent abuse of human rights. The commission believes China may be guilty of crimes against humanity, which could prompt international response. New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith, a member of the commission, joins me in just a moment. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Twitter, it is uh, at T. Perkins. And uh, men in the Baton Rouge area, let me remind you, coming up tomorrow night, beginning tomorrow night at uh, Jefferson Baptist Church, we'll have our first Stand Courageous Men's Conference of the Year. We've got uh, other conferences coming up uh, this month, one in uh, Kernersville, North Carolina, and then later in the month in Pensacola, Florida. Find out more, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. But if you're in the Baton Rouge area, there's still room for you. Go to TonyPerkins.com to register. All right, the Congressional Executive Commission on China uh, has done an exhaustive look at the current policies of China and their treatment of religious minorities has prompted the uh, bipartisan commission to say that China may very well be guilty of crimes against humanity. Joining me now is one of the members of the commission, one of the most outspoken members in Congress on human rights, religious freedom, our good friend, Congressman Chris Smith of New Jersey. Congressman, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I know it's a busy day on Capitol Hill, so I appreciate you taking a few moments to join us. But this is an issue that you've been talking about for a long time. Uh, we've been discussing this. But the situation in China is becoming worse by the day for religious minorities. It absolutely is. Our report makes it very clear <clears throat> that that every religious belief from Christianity to Falun Gong to Tibet Buddhism to the uh, Muslims uh, in the Xinjiang region, the Uyghurs, as they're known as, uh, are being harshly, aggressively repressed. Matter of fact, for the Uyghurs, there's between one to two million people in concentration camps, uh, <clears throat> clearly constituting <clears throat> pardon me, crimes against humanities. And the use of these – we have not seen this kind of mass internment of millions since the Holocaust, um, torture, rape, sexual abuse, forced abortions of women uh, being held in the internment camps. They already have forced abortion throughout the entire country, but now in a particularly genocidal way, uh, they're just killing these children because then there's fewer of those children uh, in, in the society. And then forced labor, they're using uh, surveillance uh, like no surveillance state has ever done it, particularly in the in this so-called um, uh, Xinjiang autonomous region, and mm -hmm. and I mean it's, we've never seen anything like this uh, in modern days, 
and it's Xi Jinping who's directing it all. There were some, as you know, Tony, leaked papers that showed that he you know, himself has said show absolutely no mercy in this crackdown. And it is part of this synonization campaign of, again, making Christians uh, rewrite the Bible, um, comport with every Marxist-Leninist ideal uh, or communist ideology that they have, uh, or else go to prison and be tortured or killed. You know, on uh, at the end of December, uh, the reports coming out of China su- suggest that there's even a further crackdown uh, where orders coming from the, the government ordering churches, people of faith, to align themselves with the Communist Party. And I quote from, again, this is uh, news sources saying that this document it was put forth by the Communist Party, quote, religious organizations must adhere to the leadership of the Chinese uh, Communist Party, observe the Constitution, laws, regulations, ordinances, and policies, adhere to the principle of independence uh, and self-government, adhere to the directives on religion in China, implementing the values of socialism, uh, essentially ordering them to put the party above Christ or whomever, whatever deity they may worship. You stated it perfectly, Tony. Uh, that is the problem. Uh, socialism trumps all else. And again, if you don't comport, if you don't go along with this, uh, you will be harassed and probably incarcerated. And the use of torture is endemic in the Chinese prison system. That's how they, they get people to crack uh, and to give up other members, perhaps, of their, of their faith group, of their Bible study. Um, I mean, it is totalitarianism on steroids, and it's especially targeted, and you know from your work um, with the Religious Freedom Commission, it is especially targeted to people of faith. Congressman Smith, as I mentioned at the beginning, there's probably, I don't know if there's anyone that's been in Congress longer that has been on this issue of human rights, religious freedom, and China in particular. And so I know you've been tracking this, so you've got a frame of reference here. Uh, was What did you see in this report and the information that you combed through to actually to promulgate this report? Was there anything in here that, that just shocked you to the level of, uh, of, 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 of the atrocities that we're now seeing perpetrated on the people of China? Well, I, I think, you know, when we did the Uyghur Human Rights Act, and I introduced it in the House, and there was a Senate version as well, um, just like with the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act, uh, the, the idea of anything that even looks a little bit like freedom or oxygen of, of people exercising their, their universally recognized human rights, it's being crushed, um, like during the, the, the time of Mao Zedong. And people are a little slow in waking up to that. This report hopefully will will at least shake some people out of that, that lackadaisical, you know, can it really be this bad? Yes, it's worse than what we actually know. Um, and I say that because the information we have is like a tip of the iceberg. Every time you look at something, you find out even more problems are occurring. For example, the rounding up of family members – there are, uh, there are 11 people who uh, Radio Free Asia uh, who are Uyghur uh, people. Their entire families, hundreds, are rounded up and put into prison. Rabia Kadir, one of the great uh, Uyghur human rights activists, her entire extended family as an immediate family is now in a gulag, being tortured, being mistreated uh, every single day. Uh, there's never been anything like that where whole families – 
Uh, and this is why I, I suggest this is this is a genocide. They are trying to destroy the faith of people who happen to be Muslim. Uh, they're trying to co-opt and I believe destroy the Christian faith uh, and all other faiths uh, in China. Uh, I mean, when you talk about rewriting the Bible to make it um, read like a socialist document, mm-hmm. uh, there's a very serious problem there. And these pastors, these wonderful pastors throughout China, and I've met many of them over the years, uh, along with my good friend Frank Wolf, when we've traveled there uh, when he was still in Congress, um, they're, they're now, you know, being thrown into prison, harassed, being made to put cameras um, uh, if they were recognized by the government, which very few are. Um, but now even those in the Three Self Movement and the Patriotic Catholic Church uh, Association, uh, they too are being uh, systematically destroyed uh, by Xi Jinping. Uh, so there's, you know, this is Mao Zedong type of repression. Uh, and we enable some of it with our transfer of technology and the new bills that we're doing make it clear uh, that we don't want no part, no complicity in this repression. Matter of fact, uh, the Trump administration, to its credit, blacklisted 28 government agencies and businesses by putting them on the Commerce Department's entity list uh, because we don't want to sell. The Magnitsky Act needs to be used even more than it has, but it has been used to focus on individuals who are doing these terrible things to say, one, you can't get a visa to come here, and you can't do business here. Uh, so, you know, we got to, and of course, the UN and others need to do more, which they have not done uh, in combating <clears throat> this, this terrible human rights um, uh, tragedy. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins, New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith. My guess, he represents the 4th District of uh, New Jersey and, as I mentioned, been a champion on human rights, religious freedom in Congress uh, for over three decades. Uh, Congressman, uh, now I just want to point out this is a bipartisan uh, report, yes, both sides of the aisle, both chambers, House and Senate. Um, I want to go back to something you just said. Should we enable this? By we, are you making reference to U.S. businesses and companies that are transferring this technology yes, uh, and benefiting that, that's from the it? we I'm talking about. And people in Congress who have been willing, going back to Bill Clinton, uh, when he delinked human rights from trade uh, in May of 1994. Uh, that's, in my humble opinion, when the, the Chinese government took the measure of U.S. intent and intentions and said they care more about profits than they do uh, in you know fundamental human rights had we just required a conditionality uh, that we want progress in the area of human rights the people of china would have been much better off and the dictatorship would have had some curbs there's no check and balances uh, whatsoever in the prc uh, and a guy like xi jinping you know the, who's who's fanatical when it comes to abusing human rights, um, you know, and he starts with religious freedom. He starts with what he perceives to be a threat to his continuance and his Communist Party's continuance in service, service, wrong word, continuance in, in power, um, and so he crushes it. <laughs> so the world has to speak out far more boldly than it has. Uh, I'm glad Secretary Pompeo has spoken out more than 20 times, um, um, you know, and as you were part of it, you know, had it during those summer uh, summits, making right. sure that China was front and center in this focus. But even more has to be done uh, to isolate this barbaric behavior and go after the 
people that are doing. It's like state sponsors of terror. This right. is state sponsors of human rights abuse, <clears throat> which is a form of terrorism. Before we run out of time, you sure. use uh, the, the commission believe, uh, uses a term that says believes China may be guilty of crimes against humanity. Crimes yes. against humanity yes. is just short of uh, the declaration of genocide. Yes, sir. Uh, your hope uh, of the action that the U.N. and others might take as a result of this report? Well, the, the Rome Statute, in Article 7 of the Rome Statute of the ICC, International Criminal Court, which obviously the ICC has some problems itself, but frankly it articulates a number of things, and there are, there's a list of 11 acts uh, that may constitute crimes against humanity. They're doing them all. Uh, I mean, the, the pervasive use of torture, the mass incarceration uh, of so many people uh, who happen to be Muslim, um, and then taking their children and putting them in orphanages and, and other places, and then indoctrinating them, the forced renunciation of faith. Uh, which we've seen throughout all of China and including places like Vietnam, uh, is now uh, you know, in high gear uh, to get people so they don't believe anymore. So this, this is a, an all-out, I think it's genocide, but it's at least crimes against humanity. Well, uh, again, a shocking report, uh, comprehensive in its look at what is happening in China. And uh, Congressman Chris Smith, again, want to thank you for uh, your leadership on bringing a, a spotlight on this issue of the human rights abuses of China and the the trampling upon that fundamental right of religious freedom. Thanks so much for taking Tony, time to join Tony, thank you very us. much, and for your leadership as well. It's extraordinary. All right. Congressman Chris Smith of New Jersey. All right, folks, don't go away. As I mentioned earlier, the House voting to limit the president's powers when it comes to national defense and security. We're going to talk more about that on this edition of Washington Watch. Don't go away. More to come. Join FRC Live via webcast for the 15th annual Pro-LifeCon Digital Action Summit. On January 24th from FRC's headquarters in Washington, you'll hear from political leaders, bloggers, journalists, and activists who will share how they view social media and other digital tools to further the pro-life message. You'll be empowered to better reach your own communities by learning best practices from those who are at the cutting edge of the digital pro-life movement. Tune in Friday, January 24th at 8 a.m. at ProLifeCon.com. We all need to be lectured sometimes. Family Research Council's new podcast features selected talks by top thinkers from the archives of the FRC Speaker Series. Our podcast podium takes on tough issues like religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture, all from a biblical worldview. Listen with us to the lecture, then stick around afterward as we break down the content. The Lecture Me podcast is available wherever podcasts are found or visit frc.org slash podcasts. Ever hear the term toxic masculinity? Hello, this is Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council. Masculinity is under attack in our culture. The American Psychological Association released guidelines declaring traditional masculinity ideology as harmful. Brown University and Ivy League School offered a course, Unlearning Toxic Masculinity, explaining that rigid definitions of masculinity are toxic to men's health. In a University of Texas class, Masculine UT treated masculinity as if it were a mental health crisis. Thankfully, the culture does not have the last word on true masculinity. God does. Our Stand Courageous Men's Conferences offer biblical solutions to the crisis of manhood. 
We seek to help men develop character, cultivate habits, build relationships, and make commitments that will move them closer to God's design. Check out StandCourageous.com for an event in your area. That's StandCourageous.com. What other trip? This is Washington Watch, and I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. In And if you happen to be on Twitter, you can follow me, at T. Perkins. All right, in response to then-President Nixon's continuation of the U.S. involvement in Vietnam, Congress enacted the War Powers Resolution back in 1973. Now, under the measure, presidents are required to obtain congressional authorization to send troops into hostilities, except, except, and it's a big except, in cases of an emergency, and in those situations, troops must be withdrawn after nine, uh, 60 to 90 days unless Congress gave a retroactive approval. Now, presidents have continued to send the military into action without prior congressional approval. Uh, George Bush intervened in Somalia back in 1992 without it. Bill Clinton ordered the bombing of Kosovo in 1999. Um, This is, you know, the president has used, the presidents have used this. In fact, um, Barack Obama used this in Libya back in 2011. Now, Pelosi's measure directs the president to, quote, terminate the use of United States armed forces against Iran without congressional authorization except when necessary to, quote, unquote, defend against an imminent armed attack. Now, this is uh, how she described it earlier today at her weekly press conference, the actions that Congress was taking at her direction. Uh, Bobby, play clip two for us. The War Powers Act enables two approaches to go forward. One is a concurrent resolution, and it gives a procedure for that, which we will be following today, and it gives an HCON resolution. We're taking this path because it does not require a signature of the President of the United States. This is a statement of the Congress of the United States, and I will not have that statement be diminished by whether the president will veto it or not. Joining me now with analysis on what is unfolding as we speak on Capitol Hill is Tyler O'Neill with PJ Media. Tyler, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hey, my pleasure, Tony. So, Tyler, what do you make of uh, Nancy Pelosi's efforts to him and the president as it pertains to Iran? Yeah, so I think this is a very public virtue signaling exercise uh, that Pelosi and the Democrats are doing. Uh, perhaps, you know, it's it's arguable that maybe the authorization of military force passed in 2001 was overbroad. Uh, it's, you know, I, I like the idea of Congress stepping out and, you know, reining in some of the administrative excesses. But the thing is, this is very hypocritical. We saw when Barack Obama was president, he did actions in Libya, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, and Pakistan, and we never had Congress come out and say, look, you can't do this. I think the Democrats are terrified at the fact that Trump took decisive action against Qasem Soleimani, and I think that they just can't handle the fact that we have a great big success here in the death of this Quds Force leader who is responsible for the deaths of so many Americans and who has really caused a great deal of damage and terror out there in the Middle East. 
Uh, this is a huge win for Trump, and the Democrats just can't give it to him. And they're, they're saying that it was essentially an act of war when we've already seen Trump de-escalate the situation with his remarks yesterday. And, you know, Iran is, is a barking tiger right now. They're just saying, oh, we're going to do a great deal of damage. The U.S. made a horrible decision. Then they send, you know, missiles that didn't kill a single American. Um, it was a kind of scary show of somewhat force, but the fact of the matter is we are further from war today than we were a week ago and than we were when Iran-backed militias invaded our embassy in what essentially was an act of war. So Democrats doing this now seems not only hypocritical, but just a, a toothless exercise in virtue signaling. Well, speaking of that, I mean, this is, is this not just like the impeachment effort? Is this just political theater trying to entertain their base because it's not going to go anywhere in the United States Senate? Yeah, well, and I, I think it's worse than that. It's Congress acting as though they care about the separation of powers between the legislative and the executive branches when they really don't. Uh, we, we see Democrats time and time again supporting a humongous administrative state that arguably, you know, runs roughshod over Congress's delegated legislative power. And if, if Congress really wants to take its power back, there is another bill they should be pushing, and it's called the RAINS Act, and that would require any major regulation to pass both houses of Congress, both the House and the Senate, and be signed by the president just like a law. The fact that they're pushing this war powers resolution, which isn't even a law, it's just a resolution essentially saying bad orange man killed Suleimani. I mean, this, this is a waste of time, and quite frankly, it distracts from the real constitutional issues that we have in this country. Right. Going back to the Reins Act, I mean, that's something that I, I believe President Trump would uh, would sign as he's trying to eliminate regulations. But the Democratic Party and when they have a Democratic president in the White House, they rely on those unilateral efforts by presidents to build out the bureaucratic state. Well, and this is one of the many matters in which President Trump is far more faithful to the Constitution than the Democratic Party. Uh, Trump has, you know, last year, the Federal Register published 2,964 regulations, which, if you can believe it, is actually a record low. Uh, Trump is trying to cut down on the abuse that the, exec that the executive branch has, just like he's trying to crack down on the abuse that the Supreme Court has done by essentially rewriting the Constitution, his mm -hmm. uh, his originalist judges trying to uphold the Constitution as written. This is a very similar thing, and the Reins Act is something that could pass both out and that Trump would sign. So why don't you do that, Democrats? Yes. Uh, well, Tyler O'Neill, out of time. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Always great to get your perspectives on things. My pleasure again. Thanks, Tom. All right. Tyler O'Neill with PJ Media, giving us his perspective on the uh, unfolding debate on Capitol Hill right now as it pertains to the War Powers Resolution. Again, not going to go anywhere.
but it's uh, political theater. I think designed to entertain the liberals, liberal, liberal base of the Democratic Party. All right, still to come, we're going to talk with General Boykin about the commander's authority. From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Thursday edition, the U.S. House of Representatives is about to vote on a measure designed to severely limit the president's ability to respond to military and security threats. At a weekly press conference earlier today, Speaker Nancy Pelosi said this. Here we are to protect American lives and values. We are passing today a war powers resolution to limit the president's military actions. We'll discuss that a bit later. We'll also take a deeper dive into the executive branch's constitutional and operational authority over the military with Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. And later, does the Bible speak to the issue of war? David Clawson will join me for that conversation. But first, the Congressional Executive Commission on China has released a shocking 323-page report outlining China's consistent abuse of human rights. The commission believes China may be guilty of crimes against humanity, which could prompt international response. New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith, a member of the commission, joins me in just a moment. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Twitter, it is uh, at T. Perkins. And uh, men in the Baton Rouge area, let me remind you, coming up tomorrow night, beginning tomorrow night at uh, Jefferson Baptist Church, we'll have our first Stand Courageous Men's Conference of the Year. We've got uh, other conferences coming up uh, this month, one in uh, Kernersville, North Carolina, and then later in the month in Pensacola, Florida. Find out more, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. But if you're in the Baton Rouge area, there's still room for you. Go to TonyPerkins.com to register. All right, the Congressional Executive Commission on China uh, has done an exhaustive look at the current policies of China and their treatment of religious minorities has prompted the uh, bipartisan commission to say that China may very well be guilty of crimes against humanity. Joining me now is one of the members of the commission, one of the most outspoken members in Congress on human rights, religious freedom, our good friend, Congressman Chris Smith of New Jersey. Congressman, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I know it's a busy day on Capitol Hill, so I appreciate you taking a few moments to join us. But this is an issue that you've been talking about for a long time. Uh, we've been discussing this. But the situation in China is becoming worse by the day for religious minorities. It absolutely is. Our report makes it very clear <clears throat> that that every religious belief from Christianity to Falun Gong to Tibet Buddhism to the uh, Muslims uh, in the Xinjiang region, the Uyghurs as they're known as, uh, are being harshly, aggressively repressed. Matter of fact, for the Uyghurs, there's between one to two million people in concentration camps, uh, <clears throat> clearly constituting, <clears throat> pardon me, crimes against humanities. And 
the use of these – we have not seen this kind of mass internment of millions since the Holocaust, um, torture, rape, sexual abuse, forced abortions of women uh, being held in the internment camps. They already have forced abortion throughout the entire country, but now in a particularly genocidal way, uh, they're just killing these children because then there's fewer of those children uh, in, in the society. And then forced labor, they're using uh, surveillance uh, like no surveillance state has ever done it, particularly in the in this so-called um, uh, Xinjiang autonomous region, and mm-hmm. and I mean it's, we've never seen anything like this uh, in modern days, and it's Xi Jinping who's directing it all. There were some, as you know, Tony, leaked papers that showed that he, you know, himself has said show absolutely no mercy in this crackdown. And it is part of this synodization campaign of, again, making Christians uh, rewrite the Bible, um, comport with every Marxist-Leninist ideal uh, or communist ideology that they have, uh, or else go to prison and be tortured or killed. You know, on uh, at the end of December, uh, the reports coming out of China su- suggest that there's even a further crackdown uh, where orders coming from the, the government ordering churches, people of faith, to align themselves with the Communist Party. And I quote from, again, this is uh, news sources saying that this document it was put forth by the Communist Party, quote, religious organizations must adhere to the leadership of the Chinese uh, Communist Party, observe the Constitution, laws, regulations, ordinances, and policies, adhere to the principle of independence uh, and self-government, adhere to the directives on religion in China, implementing the values of socialism, uh, essentially ordering them to put the party above Christ or whomever, whatever deity they may worship. You stated it perfectly, Tony. Uh, that is the problem. Uh, socialism trumps all else. And again, if you don't comport, if you don't go along with this, uh, you will be harassed and probably incarcerated. And the use of torture is endemic in the Chinese prison system. That's how they, they get people to crack uh, and to give up other members, perhaps, of their, of their faith group, of their Bible study. Um, I mean, it is totalitarianism on steroids, and it's especially targeted, and you know from your work um, with the Religious Freedom Commission, it is especially targeted to people of faith. Congressman Smith, as I mentioned at the beginning, you, there's probably, I don't know if there's anyone that's been in Congress longer that has been on this issue of human rights, religious freedom, and China in particular. And so I know you've been tracking this, so you've got a frame of reference here. Uh, was What did you see in this report and the information that you combed through to actually to promulgate this report? Was there anything in here that, that just shocked you to the level of, uh, of, 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 of the atrocities that we're now seeing perpetrated on the people of China? Well, I, I think, you know, when we did the Uyghur Human Rights Act, and I introduced it in the House, and there was a Senate version as well, um, just like with the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act, uh, the, the idea of anything that even looks a little bit like freedom or oxygen of, of people exercising their, their universally recognized human rights, it's being crushed um, like during the, the, the time of Mao Zedong. And people are a little slow in waking up to that. This report hopefully will will at least shake some people out of that, that lackadaisical, you know, can it really be this bad? Yes, it's worse than what we actually know. Um, and I say that because 
the information we have is like a tip of the iceberg. Every time you look at something, you find out even more problems are occurring. For example, the rounding up of family members there are uh, there are eleven people who uh, Radio Free Asia uh, who are Uyghur uh, people. Their entire families, hundreds, are rounded up and put into prison. Rabia Kadir, one of the great uh, Uyghur human rights activists, her entire extended family, as an immediate family, is now in a gulag, being tortured, being mistreated uh, every single day. Uh, there's never been anything like that where whole families. Uh, and this is why I, I suggest this is this is a genocide. They are trying to destroy the faith of people who happen to be Muslim. Uh, they're trying to co-opt and I believe destroy the Christian faith uh, and all other faiths uh, in China. Uh, I mean, when you talk about rewriting the Bible to make it um, read like a socialist document, mm-hmm. uh, there's a very serious problem there. And these pastors, these wonderful pastors throughout China, and I've met many of them over the years, uh, along with my good friend Frank Wolf, when we've traveled there uh, when he was still in Congress, um, they're, they're now, you know, being thrown into prison, harassed, being made to put cameras um, uh, if they were recognized by the government, which very few are. Um, but now even those in the Three Self Movement and the Patriotic Catholic Church uh, Association, uh, they too are being uh, systematically destroyed uh, by Xi Jinping. Uh, so there's, you know, this is Mao Zedong type of repression. Uh, and we enable some of it with our transfer of technology and the new bills that we're doing make it clear uh, that we don't want no part, no complicity in this repression. Matter of fact, uh, the Trump administration, to its credit, blacklisted 28 government agencies and businesses by putting them on the Commerce Department's entity list uh, because we don't want to sell. The Magnitsky Act needs to be used even more than it has, but it has been used to focus on individuals who are doing these Terrible things to say, one, you can't get a visa to come here, and you can't do business here. Uh, so, you know, we got to – and, of course, the U.N. and others need to do more, which they have not done uh, in combating <clears throat> this, this terrible human rights um, uh, tragedy. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins, New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith. My guess, he represents the 4th District of uh, New Jersey and, as I mentioned, been a champion on human rights, religious freedom in Congress uh, for over three decades. Uh, Congressman, uh, now I just want to point out this is a bipartisan uh, report, yes, both sides of the aisle, both chambers, House and Senate. Um, I want to go back to something you just said. Should we enable this? By we, are you making reference to U.S. businesses and companies that are transferring this technology yes, uh, and benefiting that, that's from the it? we I'm talking about. And people in Congress who have been willing, going back to Bill Clinton, uh, when he delinked human rights from trade uh, in May of 1994. Uh, that's, in my humble opinion, when the, the Chinese government took the measure of U.S. intent and intentions and said they care more about profits than they do uh, in you know, fundamental human rights. Had we just required a conditionality uh, that we want progress in the area of human rights, the people of China would have been much better off and the dictatorship would have had some curbs. There's no check and balances uh, whatsoever in the PRC. Uh, and a guy like Xi Jinping, you know, the, who's, who's fanatical when it comes to abusing human rights, um, 
you know, and he starts with religious freedom. He starts with what he perceives to be a threat to his continuance and his Communist Party's continuance in service – service, wrong word – continuance in, in power, um, and so he crushes it. <laughs> So the world has to speak out far more boldly than it has. Uh, I'm glad Secretary Pompeo has spoken out more than 20 times, um, um, you know, and as you were part of it, you know, had it during those summer uh, summits, making right. sure that China was front and center in this focus. But even more has to be done uh, to isolate this barbaric behavior and go after the people that are doing it's like state sponsors of terror this right. is state sponsors of human rights abuse <clears throat> which is a form of terrorism before we run out of time you use uh, the, the commission believe uh, uses a term that says believes china may be guilty of crimes against humanity crimes yes. against humanity yes. is just short of uh, the declaration of genocide yes uh, your hope uh, of the action that the UN and others might take as a result of this report? Well, the, the Rome Statute, in Article 7 of the Rome Statute of the ICC, International Criminal Court, which obviously the ICC has some problems itself, but frankly it articulates a number of things, and there are, there's a list of 11 acts uh, that may constitute crimes against humanity. They're doing them all. Uh, I mean, the, the pervasive use of torture, the mass incarceration uh, of so many people uh, who happen to be Muslim, um, and then taking their children and putting them in orphanages and, and other places, and then indoctrinating them. The forced renunciation of faith, uh, which we've seen throughout all of China and including places like Vietnam, uh, is now uh, you know in high gear uh, to get people so they don't believe anymore. So this, this is a, an all-out of I think it's genocide, but it's at least crimes against humanity. Well, uh, again, a shocking report, uh, comprehensive in its look at what is happening in China. And uh, Congressman Chris Smith, again, want to thank you for uh, your leadership on bringing a, uh, a spotlight on this issue of the human rights abuses of China and the, the trampling upon that fundamental right of religious freedom. Thanks so much for taking Tony, time. Tony, thank to you join very us. much, and for your leadership as well. It's extraordinary. All right. Congressman Chris Smith of New Jersey. All right, folks, don't go away. As I mentioned earlier, the House voting to limit the president's powers when it comes to national defense and security. We're going to talk more about that on this edition of Washington Watch. Don't go away. More to come. Join FRC Live via webcast for the 15th annual Pro-LifeCon Digital Action Summit. On January 24th from FRC's headquarters in Washington, you'll hear from political leaders, bloggers, journalists, and activists who will share how they view social media and other digital tools to further the pro-life message. You'll be empowered to better reach your own communities by learning best practices from those who are at the cutting edge of the digital pro-life movement. Tune in Friday, January 24th at 8 a.m. at ProLifeCon.com. We all need to be lectured sometimes. Family Research Council's new podcast features selected talks by top thinkers from the archives of the FRC Speaker Series. Our podcast podium takes on tough issues like religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture, all from a biblical worldview. Listen with us to the lecture, then stick around afterward as we break down the content. The Lecture Me podcast is available wherever podcasts are found 
or visit frc.org slash podcasts. Ever hear the term toxic masculinity? Hello, this is Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council. Masculinity is under attack in our culture. The American Psychological Association released guidelines declaring traditional masculinity ideology as harmful. Brown University and Ivy League School offered a course, Unlearning Toxic Masculinity, explaining that rigid definitions of masculinity are toxic to men's health. In a University of Texas class, Masculine UT treated masculinity as if it were a mental health crisis. Thankfully, the culture does not have the last word on true masculinity. God does. Our Stand Courageous Men's Conferences offer biblical solutions to the crisis of manhood. We seek to help men develop character, cultivate habits, build relationships, and make commitments that will move them closer to God's design. Check out StandCourageous.com for an event in your area. That's StandCourageous.com. What other trip? This is Washington Watch, and I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And if you happen to be on Twitter, you can follow me, at T. Perkins. All right, in response to then-President Nixon's continuation of the U.S. involvement in Vietnam, Congress enacted the War Powers Resolution back in 1973. Now, under the measure, presidents are required to obtain congressional authorization to send troops into hostilities, except, except, and it's a big except, in cases of an emergency, and in those situations, troops must be withdrawn after nine, uh, 60 to 90 days unless Congress gave a retroactive approval. Now, presidents have continued to send the military into action without prior congressional approval. Uh, George Bush intervened in Somalia back in 1992 without it. Bill Clinton ordered the bombing of Kosovo in 1999. Um, This is, you know, the president has used, the presidents have used this. In fact, um, Barack Obama used this in Libya back in 2011. Now, Pelosi's measure directs the president to, quote, terminate the use of United States armed forces against Iran without congressional authorization, except when necessary to, quote, unquote, defend against an imminent armed attack. Now, this is uh, how she described it earlier today at her weekly press conference, the actions that Congress was taking at her direction. Uh, Bobby, play clip two for us. The War Powers Act enables two approaches to go forward. One is a concurrent resolution, and it gives a procedure for that, which we will be following today, and it gives an H-Con resolution. We're taking this path because it does not require a signature of the President of the United States. This is a statement of the Congress of the United States, and I will not have that statement be diminished by whether the president will veto it or not. Joining me now with analysis on what is unfolding as we speak on Capitol Hill is Tyler O'Neill with PJ Media. Tyler, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hey, my pleasure, Tony. So, Tyler, what do you make of uh, Nancy Pelosi's efforts to him and the president as it pertains to Iran? Yeah, so I think this is a very public virtue signaling exercise uh, that Pelosi and the Democrats are doing. Uh, perhaps, you know, it's it's arguable that maybe the authorization of military force passed in 2001 was overbroad. Uh, it's 
you know, I I like the idea of Congress stepping out and, you know, reining in some of the administrative excesses. But the thing is, this is very hypocritical. We saw when Barack Obama was president, he did actions in Libya, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, and Pakistan, and we never had Congress come out and say, look, you can't do this. I think the Democrats are terrified at the fact that Trump took decisive action against Qasem Soleimani, and I think that they just can't handle the fact that we have a great big success here in the death of this Quds Force leader who is responsible for the deaths of so many Americans and who has really caused a great deal of damage and terror out there in the Middle East. Uh, this is a huge win for Trump, and the Democrats just can't give it to him. And they're, they're saying that it was essentially an act of war when we've already seen Trump de-escalate the situation with his remarks yesterday. And, you know, Iran is, is a barking tiger right now. They're just saying, oh, we're going to do a great deal of damage. The U.S. made a horrible decision. Then they send, you know, missiles that didn't kill a single American. Um, it was a kind of scary show of somewhat force. But the fact of the matter is we are further from war today than we were a week ago. And then we were when Iran-backed militias invaded our embassy in what essentially was an act of war. So Democrats doing this now seems not only hypocritical, but just a, a toothless exercise in virtue signaling. Well, speaking of that, I mean, this is, is this not just like the impeachment effort? Is this just political theater trying to entertain their base because it's not going to go anywhere in the United States Senate? Yeah, well, and I, I think it's worse than that. It's Congress acting as though they care about the separation of powers between the legislative and the executive branches when they really don't. Uh, we, we see Democrats time and time again supporting a humongous administrative state that arguably, you know, runs roughshod over Congress's delegated legislative power. And if, if Congress really wants to take its power back, there is another bill they should be pushing, and it's called the RAINS Act, and that would require any major regulation to pass both houses of Congress, both the House and the Senate, and be signed by the president just like a law. The fact that they're pushing this war powers resolution, which isn't even a law, it's just a resolution essentially saying bad orange man killed Zulamani. I mean, this this is a waste of time, and quite frankly, it distracts from the real constitutional issues that we have in this country. Right. Going back to the Reins Act, I mean, that's something that I, I believe President Trump would uh, would sign as he's trying to eliminate regulations. But the Democratic Party, and when they have a Democratic president in the White House, they rely on those unilateral efforts by presidents to build out the bureaucratic state. Well, and this is one of the many matters in which President Trump is far more faithful to the Constitution than the Democratic Party. Uh, Trump has, you know, last year, the Federal Register published 2,964 regulations, which, if you can believe it, is actually a record low. 
uh, Trump is trying to cut down on the abuse that the exec that the executive branch has, just like he's trying to crack down on the abuse that the Supreme Court has done by essentially rewriting the Constitution. His mm-hmm. uh, his originalist judges trying to uphold the Constitution as written. This is a very similar thing, and the Reigns Act is something that could pass both out and that Trump would sign. So why don't you do that, Democrats? Yes. Uh, well, Tyler O'Neill, out of time. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Always great to get your perspectives on things. My pleasure again. Thanks, Tony. All right. Tyler O'Neill with PJ Media, giving us his perspective on the uh, unfolding debate on Capitol Hill right now as it pertains to the War Powers Resolution. Again, not going to go anywhere, uh, but it's uh, political theater. I think designed to entertain the liberals, liberal, liberal base of the Democratic Party. All right, still to come, we're going to talk with General Boykin about the commander's authority.